Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss. Hey, thanks for having me back. I know it's exciting. It's been a little while since we've recorded together. And so I'm uh, looking forward to this conversation with you today. We're talking about compromising as a couple. How excited are you to talk about this conversation? Not very. After you shared the, <laughs> uh, the text or the outline for this one, it kind of leaves <laughs> me uh, scared. I, I kind of equate it to a courtroom where I'm the defendant and I'm going to be maybe in the hot seat on most of this conversation. No, no, no. So we uh, just recently celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary and 24 years actually together as a couple as Marcus and Rachel. And so clearly we're doing something right or we wouldn't be where we are today. So I don't feel like you have to be on the defensive for this conversation. So for everybody doing the math out there, we got married when we were 11 and we've been <laughs> together since we were seven. Um, nice. So it's fun. Good times. Nice. I think that math is wrong, but it's okay. It's everybody knows you're joking. So anyway, I think the wrinkles tell a different story. So if anyone's watching online and not just listening. Yeah, my wrinkles right. are in full effect today for sure. <laughs> well, let's kick off. Um, I'll start us off with how compromise from my perspective goes. Uh, and so this is interesting, I think. And so typically what happens, you let me know of an idea, a want, a need, something that you've thought about and share that with me. My immediate response is no, and usually throw a tantrum, like have a full on like meltdown, overwhelm, and then come back and uh, let you speak into why you think that's a good idea or why you think you need that, we need that, we should do that. And then usually just say, okay, let's do it. So that's, that's a typical scenario of how I compromise. From your perspective, how do you feel like you compromise? I don't know that I compromise well, and that's probably <laughs> why I feel defensive today. I wear you down, and then you give in <laughs> to things. And okay, so the scenario I described is also your perspective on how we compromise. Yeah, I think I compromise a little bit, but it's because I've. I've planted an idea somewhere along the way and then I'll let you own that idea. And then I just play along <laughs> that it was a great idea. And that's how I compromise. Make them think it was their idea. That's awesome. That's and then excellent. I may even put up a little bit of a fight. I'm like, are you sure about this? And <laughs> really? Like, no. Yeah. 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 So some of those were great, great memories. Of I love that. Probably, well, yeah. I feel like that you have some backup or justification in your uh, maybe unwillingness to compromise. You read a book or listened to a book, I feel like, that was all about 
not compromising. Uh, it may have been from a customer and business perspective rather than a marriage perspective. Um, but share a little bit about kind of what you took away from that book. Yeah. The name of that book is, uh, I think it's never split the difference. Let me see. I'm looking it up as we speak. Yeah. Never split the difference. Chris Voss and it's, it's made its way, you know, it's a few years old now. And so former hostage negotiator that wrote that, I believe, and definitely, um, great at his profession has kind of turned it into a full-time author and consulting gig. And I don't know that I walked away from that intentionally with like habits or skill set to have a compromise battle within our marriage. I don't think that would be, that would not be wise counsel for anybody to try to do that in their marriage or their business. Um, so. Yeah. And so, uh, any, just give us a little bit of a takeaway from what were maybe one or two of the reasons that were applications of never split the difference. Um, it, it really, you have to define the, um, where you're coming from first and how far you're willing to go before you ever start negotiation. A, a lot of times is the takeaway that I got. And that's in a business context. Now, if you're talking someone off a ledge, I, I think it's kind of evident where you would hope that the situation would end. But whenever you're having a conversation with a prospect or a toddler, I think you have to kind of go into that with a little bit better of a understanding of what you want the outcome to look like and what you're willing to negotiate towards versus going in unprepared. And so it, that's kind of what I took away from it. It's been a while since I've read it and I'm sure people will chime in if that was not their takeaway. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. I kind of put you on the spot. We didn't really talk about that beforehand, but I often think about that book that you read when we are in a situation where we are looking to compromise, where we are not seeing necessarily eye to eye. Uh, something that has really resonated with me, something that I have kind of taken and try to live by is a principle that I heard or an idea that I heard about, do you want a good relationship? Like, do you want the relationship to be good or do you want to be right? And so I think that that is something that has helped me in the fact of, okay, I can pull out all the stops and win this argument or get my way as far as wanting or not wanting to do something. But what is it going to cost me as far as our relationship goes. And so I think that that's something that I always keep in the back of my mind when you're coming up with these crazy <laughs> ideas and throwing them at me is, okay, if we don't do this, or if I really um, just stand my ground and say no, and I am unyielding towards this, what is it going to do for our relationship? immediately and long-term down the road. So those are, yeah. that, that's probably the biggest reason I give in to a lot of <laughs> what you say. Um, I think definitely the other part is listening and just hearing 
why, but I know my immediate reaction and something that I've been trying to work on is not immediately <laughs> saying no and shutting down and trying to hear out um, because a lot of your ideas have been good in the past. So we do have that to go off of. I've got a pretty good track record and <laughs> I think we'll have to dive into, I, I, you're kind of making me feel guilty. I don't even know what the last thing that you've compromised on um, that uh, we're talking probably about. Probably everything. Yeah. <laughs> probably multiple things today. <laughs> yeah. So having dogs, having kids, having kids wasn't really a compromise, but uh, there's plenty of things. Moving houses moving office space, probably doing things in the business, because that's the other piece of our relationship because we work in the business together. There is compromise both at home and in the business. And I value your opinion in both sides. And so I think those are some of the pieces, some of the purchases that we've made beyond like real estate and things of that nature. Um, ultimately, where I feel that my compromise has come in, or at least this is what I tell myself to make myself feel better when I compromise is the answer is no for now, not no forever. And <laughs> maybe I just need to get a more, a better angle uh, and approach this at a different season in life. And then we can move to Cabo and live on the beach. But now with two kids in high school, that's not feasible. So, yeah. So what then would you say are your strategies for getting me to compromise? We won't go the other direction. I feel like that's less of what happens in, in our relationship. And so what are some strategies that you use or some steps that you take when you know that there's going to be uh, the immediate no reaction? So out of all the ideas, it's a numbers game. So what I actually bring to the table to then get shot down is probably a fraction of what I've really thought through. So coming fully prepared, willing to not plead your case, but state the facts or state your opinions about why this is great for the business, for the family, for the finances and going in fully prepared. So kind of similar to that book, you, um, you do your homework, so to speak, and you come in and I think you also prepare for what that other person may, may put up as barriers or, you know, reasons why not to do things. So you spend a little bit of time there as well. I feel like, you know, hopefully we don't need to unpack this in therapy one day about how I'm, controlling or anything like that. I love how Maybe you you've said already that in your therapy <laughs> sessions, you know, so. I love how you said on one of our previous podcasts that thankfully we haven't needed any marriage counseling or couples therapy. Um, however, one of us <laughs> does go to counseling. So maybe it was, it is the fact that I'm carrying us, you know, taking one for the team and, and carrying it all on my side. I just, take it to her and then bring it back home. So that way it saves yeah. you a little bit of time from going, you know, to any sessions. Yeah. With, with counseling, <laughs> with how deep in faith you are, I hope to get a pass based on how our marriage is. Um, save save by your wife's faith. Life. That's good. Yes. Yeah. So 
Um, but no, I think doing preparation, coming to the table fully, you know, can't have too crazy of an outlandish idea. And then when I find that there's a small opportunity to, that this truly may happen, then it's like, okay, well, how do I pour it on a little bit more or invest a little bit deeper to make sure that one, the point of view is seen and, you know, you, to your, to your, um, to your point, you've actually had some rebuttals and things where it does not work out. And there are times where it's just like, oh yeah, like that's the, like, that is not a great idea like that. We should not do that. And so, um, there have been those occasions, you know, I remember spinning wheels like in college when you had spinners on your rims and you said, absolutely not. And <laughs> it, it would have looked so cool. And I would have had spinning rims and who knows where we would be with those spinning rims. Like, okay. Yeah. Let's take it I, back to 2002 where you had like this blacked out Yukon with 20 inch rims, which were big chrome rims. You had a pit bull. So you were going like full rapper lifestyle. And I think that was probably the one thing that was missing, um, you know, from giving the full vibe of rapper yeah. vibe, uh, Marcus. So we'll just go with, yeah. uh, I think you, got the nickname M Diddy. She was a great dog. And... Yeah. <laughs> she was a, a great animal, great dog, great pet through the first part of our marriage and end of college. Um, that vehicle was great family mobile. Whenever we started having kids, you inherited that. And, uh, you know, it was a full size SUV on 20 inch rims and now 20 inch rims are they're a normal thing. You got to get into 22s, 24s, even higher if you really want to stand out if that's your thing. So, um, well, I did so love, yeah, I'll just have to tell you, times. I did love the attention that I got when I did inherit the Yukon and got to drive that around our, um, where we lived back then and then quickly realized that people were not giving me the attention. They were just looking at the car. So, there was yeah. that. So I think it was We've a realization some... when I was like, no makeup, dirty hair, and like nine months pregnant and realized, oh, <laughs> those looks and honks and stares are not for me. Those are for just the car. Yeah. Well, and it had limo tent. So it was. <laughs> they couldn't uh, see me anyway. Yeah. They can't see. So, <laughs> but we've had some great vehicles. Um, you know, I'm a car guy and we've had some great, and that's been part of the compromise in our relationship. And if it were left to my own, you know, devices, I would probably have a lot more, um, stupid financial decisions that revolve, revolve around automobiles. Um, and you know, we've got room for them. So why not have them is kind of essentially probably the take that I would have. And obviously with two kids, one driving, one about to drive, we've had to make some mature decisions around some of that stuff. And, but yeah, that's, that's compromise. When I think about it, I think of those big purchases, big decisions on, um, where to live, where to house the business, you know, even in, in the business, your expertise on, um, some of the other decisions on where we choose to invest in the business. Is it, a growth 
stage of the business? Are we looking to hire and scale Th that ultimately whenever we come back to, Hey, we run this business together and kind of make some of these decisions jointly, even though I was the founder of the business, like that's sometimes like you go along with it because of the success we've had up until this point. But even then you start to question like, okay, if the plan is to grow a hundred percent in one year, what does that look like culture wise? What does that look like process wise? How are you going to do that and keep a great level of customer service with your existing client base, with those new clients? And so I take all of that in, whether or not you know that I do. And so it kind of has to go back to what is the vision we've laid out for the business? How does that how does that impact the vision that we've laid out for our life? And how do we stay true to who we really are and what we've decided? So Yeah. So I think for sure that you come fully prepared that you have thought through you rarely anymore will spring an idea on me that you haven't thought about prior to saying it. So there are a lot of times that you speak without thinking um, and just say what's on your mind. But I feel like when it's something that's really important to you or that will have a big impact on either our family, the business, our marriage, uh, you really do think through those things. And then I think something that we have learned over time is that you give me time. You give me time and space to think about it, think of all the reasons that it's going to fail, that it's going to, um, you know, cause havoc and chaos in our lives, um, and then present all of those things to you, or you give me time to ask you 1300 questions about how it's going to work and not just what it is. And then we, I think the compromise part is then we really sit down and kind of go through each of those things together. So whether it is you're shooting down every single one is like, that's not going to happen, or that's not a thing. That's not something to be worried about or going through the details and letting me talk through the ways that we can implement it or even just the benefits. And I feel like the the wins for you or the times that I'm like, yes, let's do it. They all go back to, does it align with what we value? So if we're doing something, if it ultimately aligns with what we value, usually the cost or the work that it's going to take to implement it I can usually look past those things because ultimately it's getting us towards how we want to live our life, the legacy we want to leave behind, you know, the impact we can make on other people and our community around us. And so I think that that's really important is just giving the your partner, the person that you're trying to compromise with um, time and space to think through whatever that idea or that plan is. Yeah. I think the other thing um, that helps is just the underlying relationship and the health of our relationship. Be because, you know, it, it, at some of, at some level, there's a trust there. There's ultimately, I mean, 18 years is no small feat being together kind of 24. And so I think we've, kind of seen some stuff and made some decisions together. And it's just, you know, that is our most important relationship. 
And so the compromise at the end of the day, does it really matter? You know, it's one of those, like, is this worth the chaos that may come alongside on the back end of digging my heels in and not speaking from your perspective, but from mine, you know, um, on different things. And so obviously you want to support your spouse and in, in what they do and make sure that it does align with the vision that y'all have had for your marriage and for any other big plans you've laid out. So I think we've done a fairly good job of doing that. Hopefully, instilling some of what success may look like in a relationship to our kids along the way as well. So they're that much better prepared for life too. Now compromise when it comes to those two, like good Lord, like <laughs> between those, the two of them, they do not. I mean, yeah, there's just, there's like, like zero even, communication. So, I mean, there might be like yeah. grunts and arguments, but like actual good productive communication, there's, next to none. So yeah, compromise would yeah. be hard, <laughs> very hard in that situation. So what would you say, what are some tips for being okay to compromise um, for people and knowing, being okay that this is not the battle I want to fight today. And sometimes we have to win both the war and the battle to you know, make sure that this relationship goes forward, both in life and in business. Yeah. I think for me personally, it's really taking a look, um, at why I want to be right. Like, why do, why do I want to win this? Or why do I want to be right? Uh, why do I not want to do whatever it is that we're trying to think through and ultimately looking at what does that do to you, to our family, to our business. If we, if I say no and dig my heels in and we're not going to do that in any sort, I'm not even going to listen to any more of this idea, you know, kind of what does that do? And then look at the other side. But if I say yes, or is there a part of this, I can say yes to first, and then we can finish the rest of it. And what does that do to our relationship, our family, our business. And so I think that that's where it's a lot easier is you, when you're compromising, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can look at parts and pieces and see which ones do align with the values um, that, that you have together as a couple. Yeah. And whenever you talk about setting the stage for a successful resolution on the other side of this. What does it look like from a timing perspective? What's appropriate? And then what level of communication needs to happen? Cause you know, we talked about the kids and their communication skills. And even from my communication skills, you kind of pick up on it that I'm processing and I'm probably playing out different scenarios in my head before I ever speak anything into like potential this could happen. And so I've, that's just how I work and it's, I'll be silent and I'm thinking through and you probably know like, oh my God, what's he thinking about? And, you know, I'll be deep into, Hey, here's the life plan. Here's what it's going to look like. Or I may just be thinking about what really happened at the end of lost whenever <laughs> they're all dead, were they all alive? So, um, 
but but what what is a good cadence of communication throughout compromise? What does that look like? I think that answer is like the one that people hate to hear on it depends. Like it really probably depends on what the conversation is uh, focused around and is there a timeline with that decision that needs to be made? But I think for sure, just being open enough to listen to all the parts, you know, without saying no immediately, even though that's my MO. Um, and then like getting back, like, well, we need to, I think just being explicit, just saying like, we need to talk about this again <laughs> tomorrow. Can we talk about this again tomorrow? You know, and even we've said it a million times, like changing place, changing pace. Like, do we need to go to another area to talk through this? Is it too much to talk through this when we are trying to shuttle kids to different places, handle clients, handle team members, you know, whatever might be on our plate for that day? Is it too much to talk through and really think through this, you know, kind of on the fly, like, hey, what do you think about while I'm like writing an email and getting multiple Teams messages at the same time? <laughs> and so sometimes I think that that timing would just depend on what kind of decision you're making and does it have a deadline, you know, before it needs to be made and then just setting an appropriate time to talk. But I think for sure, most likely changing place and pace. So not asking or, you know, trying to revisit it when someone's distracted or busy, but really setting aside a specific time that's dedicated to talking through that decision. So maybe what that looks like is you have a parking lot, quote unquote, where you take the ideas and revisit those at another time. And whether that's a planner or a whiteboard or something, um, something on your phone and then, Hey, by such and such date, we need to revisit this because as accountants, we love that. I know. And I think it's super motivated based super on Super practical so. would be to send like a calendar invite, <laughs> right? So that that time is like scheduled out and just put, yeah. you know, whatever topic discussion and block that time out of the, out of the calendar. So I feel like that's practical, whether you work together or you don't work together, it doesn't matter. I think our lives are kind of run by what's on the calendar and whose, you know, activity is coming up next and where you need to be and when. And so I think definitely putting it on a calendar, um, you know, even if it's for a weekend and it's for a lunch or coffee or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think the wise thing to do is kind of let, whether it's your spouse or your business partner, or another leader, let them know that invitation is coming before you just send it. And then that way it's like, Hey, remember when we kind of left this conversation, I'm going to send you just, I'm going to get a time on your calendar just so we can talk through it. Uh, because if not, like they're surprised, like based on like, oh man, why did they block out two hours <laughs> on my calendar? Like, Are you speaking what, from experience? Or is, that, is that when you start to feel uh, scared? What's coming? Yeah. Who knows? Like, yeah. And, and I want an agenda or an outline of what we're needing to walk away from in that conversation. That's, that's a little bit too analytical, but I think that helps set the stage. So both sides come prepared and, you know, are willing to have an open and honest conversation and maybe not begin the compromise with a, a wall or, you know, some type of immediate, no, this is crazy. I don't have the 
bandwidth or the mental capacity to have this conversation right now. So I think if you can both come prepared to, to have that conversation, then that would be the best. What do you think the benefits of compromising are? I mean, that's probably a hard question for you to answer since you don't really have to compromise too often, but. <laughs> so I, I think it is taking wise counsel and, and weaving it into the ultimate result. And so ultimately both sides have to live with the decision. And so if, if you go into making a decision in agreement, then if that decision doesn't work out, there's not as much animosity or bitterness or anything like that. So I think cutting that out from the very beginning and saying, okay, if we're moving forward, we're going hand in hand, we're going to go do this, do it to the best of our ability. And if we fail, we fail together. And so I think that is a much better approach to take versus going it alone. If you are successful, then, you know, you hold that over the other person's head. Like I told you, so I told you it was going to be successful. And then if you're not successful, then the other person holds that over your head and been like, you should have never done that. <laughs> so I you can you. share the responsibility. And so, yeah. yeah, for sure. So I think, I think that's the best, um, that's the best result. And so, and then sometimes there's decisions that don't even matter. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't move the needle. It's not even worth the mental capacity of talking about. So if you want to go to Sonic and grab a drink, just go to Sonic and grab a drink. You know, we don't need to fight about it, you know, or if you want barbecue for lunch, like just go pick it up. I'm going to eat at home. Like it doesn't matter. And so I think a lot of compromises around food in our family, um, whether we're going to eat out, whether we stay home and eat, you know, with kind of how that aligns with how the day's going, what our goals are. Do you there. feel like and you so, compromise a lot on uh, that? I don't even feel like that's ever brought up. So those, those are your silent compromises that you don't even waste time on. Okay. Are we going to have Mexican food or Mexican <laughs> food? You know, it's like, I know I, well, that's the thing. Like that's compromise in my life is, Hey, I would really like, you know, Chinese, but Rachel will never go for Chinese, but I really want to eat out. So I'm just going to say Mexican. Cause I know then I can go eat out if I compromise and choose what she likes. <laughs> there's compromise on my side that she never knew about. And so like that's Well that brings me just exactly to my it. next point of if we're doing it together, it's probably better. So I mean definitely if we're going to Mexican together, that's way better than us going to Chinese. So you know. Um but I do think, yeah, if both And I just have to go to Chinese <laughs> by myself or with I think else. if both people, um if both parties are uh in agreement on the plan that needs to take place, they're both going to put in, you know, 110% effort towards meeting that goal or, you know, implementing that plan. And so you're going to end up with a better result than if you had just gone it alone. You've got two different minds and two different perspectives, you know, coming into this. And so that two is going to be better than the one going alone and the things that they may not consider, may not think about, um, and just the manpower to make it happen. So yeah, for sure. And then what are some consequences of, of not compromising? There's a lot of emotional, well, there's a lot of emotional and, um, probably bigger relationship 
you know, uh, things that could bubble up into a bigger relationship issue if, if you're so stubborn and you don't compromise and, uh, or even bitterness and like I compromised <laughs> Yeah. and, you yeah. know, I think for sure. Yeah. So it would animosity and resentment. It, it probably, yeah. And, and that's the thing I, I probably, if you unpack that in your therapy sessions for both of us, uh, that's probably where, you know, a lot of discussion in most people's lives are around probably resentment in relationships and animosity and what could have been if, if only we could have done more. And, you know, it's like, she let me invest $10,000. If we had invested a hundred thousand dollars, we would have got this return on investment. Um, but things have a way of happening, um, according to, to plan, you know? So it's, it's one of those, like, you have to have the, the faith to like, Hey, this is what we set out for and vision. And we revisit that plan or vision, you know, however often we do, whether it's once a year, you know, every couple of years, whatever. And like, here's the plan. And so I think that having, you know, whether it's business or relationships, having kind of that fallback, um, to kind of guide you is what's yeah, important for sure. And I think just making sure that, you know, when you're compromising, the goal of compromising is just to make sure that both parties feel valued, feel heard, feel seen, uh, feel respected. Those are all the things I think you lose when you're unwilling to yield or compromise. Um, just want to stick to your guns as far as whatever your position or your opinion was. If you're not willing to compromise, do you just bring it up and ask for forgiveness later on? Okay. Like, well, let's talk about how that's gone for you in the past. Cause I feel like that has been a strategy that you have tried to implement as far as if there's something that I want to do, I know she's going to say no and throw a tantrum. So I'm just not going to tell her at all. I'm just going to do it. How does that work out for you? It's fine in the beginning stages until, <laughs> until it's not <laughs> until, until and, I find uh... out. and, and what, and honestly, so what happens in those scenarios? I really feel like you didn't trust me enough to tell me about it. Um, you didn't consider my feelings or even my future as far as the impact that that would make. And, you know, just that you were only considering yourself. So really it comes down to like, oh, he doesn't trust me enough to tell me or talk through that with me. Um, and then also the other thought of he never thinks about anything other than himself. So that's kind of where it gets whenever <laughs> I don't think that's a good strategy is like, just ask for forgiveness after the fact. That's not a good strategy. Just go ahead and work on the communication and compromise. I think that'll uh, help the relationship last a lot longer, be a lot stronger. Yeah. So set up boundaries in place. <laughs> I know. Um, and what did you say? You said something and all I could think about, maybe you were talking about therapy, but it boils down to, it boils down to, we don't 
know how to communicate effectively. Like as humans, the people who get along the best, who have the best relationships, I think are the most successful in life are people who know how to communicate with others effectively. And so really, you know, compromise boils down to communication. You know, are you being clear? Are you thinking of the other person? Um, you know, consider it. Are they being heard? Do you value their opinion? So all of those things are, uh, all go into compromise. That's really good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, been, it's been a good conversation from my perspective. You felt like you were on trial when we started. Do you still feel that you're on trial or have any guilt or shame that has bubbled up during our talk? I'm trying to figure out what I haven't told you about yet that I may <laughs> need to hurry later, that I need to bring up that I need to bring up as like, Hey, what do you think about this? Can you, like, can you tell one but, quick story of when you have done something without telling me because you were uh, concerned about my reaction. And then I just found out after the fact. Oh, there's some, uh, why don't <laughs> you so, tell me one? You're, are you scared that there's one maybe I don't even know about and you're going to let the cat out of the bag? Yeah. Maybe. I feel like, a, I know. feel like one involved maybe like a vintage Corvette or a Jeep or truck, but yeah. maybe they all revolve around vehicles. So why well, pick one of those? Yeah. So, and, and it was always this is a good time to buy and sell. Cause usually I've always got the financial motive in the back of my mind. So ran across a, uh, a vintage, you know, Corvette that we acquired and cleaned and took and pictures of. And who's we? Cause I was not sell, involved. Never... I had no idea any of this was happening. Yeah. So yeah, that would be uh, me and my dad. And so, yeah. So you had an I accomplice. Probably... So there were two people I did. <laughs> that, that yeah. uh, I was not very happy with. And, yeah. And so then, you know, with the intention to sell it and it all worked out financially, it probably created some collateral damage in relationship and trust and things, but financially we worked out like it was great. And so, but it also came down to like, probably transparency wasn't enough around like, Hey, like if, if you would have just told me that this was an investment and that there's a financial aspect and that you're just not buying another car to have another car because you can't drive more than one at one time, then like that, that's okay. And so that was real early on in life. I think that was, that's probably been 10 years now, nine or 10 years ago. And so, um, I've gotten better, hopefully with time it, you know, I don't know that you think that, but I think I've been a little bit more clear. Maybe I've just gotten better at wearing you down about how I well, approach let's like, tell how the story, hey, this from a financial tell how aspect. the story ended. So you did make a profit on essentially flipping that car. And so you told yeah. me about the whole project. Your dad may have, your dad may have much let the made. cat out of the bag on that by accident. Mm. I can't remember how I caught wind of the story, but the deal was done. I, I think money may have already been in hand. And so, I, I mean, like how you, you made a significant profit and you were celebrating. Yeah. You saw no problem with anything that had happened. 
But when I found out, it wasn't like a slam dunk and I was like popping open a bottle of champagne and cheersing you on this. Uh, I was freaking out irate that it had happened. So do you want to just give a little bit more detail about how that ended? Financially, it ended well. <laughs> and but I would like, I, how I long did it, we fight about that? We are still, t I mean, it oh, could have really been nine know. years ago and I'm still talking about it. Like, I still remember, I, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent, your eyes, my eyes twitching. Twitch. I don't know. I'm a hundred percent over this, so. um, even to this day. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, and that was the thing, like we wanted to make sure we were winning before we let anybody know, um, how much we won. So. Yeah, but it just, just um, to yeah, think about yeah. like the research and the logistics and everything that the conversations that were happening. So you were sending either messages or emails, text with this person to purchase the car. Then you guys may have done a little bit of work to it, maybe none at all. Um, and then again, to post it somewhere have conversations with someone else and then logistics to get it to the new buyer. So all of that happened. I had no clue. So that's where like the trust came in. Like, okay, we have to communicate. So yeah, definitely don't just do something and ask for forgiveness later because that's hard. That's hard to come back from. Yeah. Yeah. And that one was different since I had an accomplice too. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, for sure. But, and yeah, um, so that one example, I'm sure there's plenty of other ones and yeah, that was one that popped out of my mind. So yeah, it's all good. I, I think that we have, uh, compromised on a lot more things, um, as far as relating to the business, um, just talking through, you know, scaling the business and having more team members and more clients. And what does that do? Because really from a financial aspect, we may break even, but from a responsibility aspect, there's a lot more responsibility that comes with having more of something. And so that's one that you were really, um, you felt led, you felt called to continue to expand our business so that we can have a bigger impact and a greater reach on people. So people in our community through not only employing them, you know, on our team, but also through clients and helping to strengthen their families. And so that was something again, where I was like, you know, financially, if, if it's not going to put us in a better um, place, why would we do that? <laughs> why, why would we take on all of this extra responsibility and potential for disaster, chaos, extra work? however, you know, struggles, whatever you want to call it. Um, why would we do that for the same amount of money or profit or potentially even less? And I think kind of where we landed on that one was what do we value more? You know, do we value being able to have an impact on others and have potentially more time together? Um, if we do, we, we cannot stay the same size or get smaller. We have to continue to grow. Uh, and so that was one 
I know that was one compromise that we talked through. We're very strategic, compromised a lot on how and when and, you know, by what means were we going to do it? And so um, lots of great conversations that we've had and that have really turned out in your favor where eventually I say yes to most or all of the idea. And so I feel like that's just a better result than not talking about it or, um, you know, kind of both people just not willing to talk through and compromise on whatever that decision might be. Yeah. I think the, the main thing, whenever you come down to like the compromise in the business and the growth and scale and what that looks like, I think you've been a good, um, not break, but, um, you've slowed me down enough to actually review what the impact would be on others, including existing team members, existing clients, um, and future clients and prospects and who we're called to serve in the community and where we've planted and things like that. And so you've caused enough pause to say, Hey, like growth is good, but growth, I'll give you growth up to X amount of percent. And I'll give you growth up to this many number of team members per year or this many number of clients per year. Anything beyond that is chaotic because we have to live through it. And so, you know, we've had that conversation um, a lot here recently as well. Just it's kind of according to plan. And now that we've got that in place and, and we know our role in that growth and why we're doing it. it. It it's a lot easier of a conversation now because I think you and I are unified and may, we may have to explain our reasoning to others, whether it's other stakeholders on the team, other people that may have to be um, brought in for that. And so I think it's, it's, duplication of efforts in the fact that I'm not on the witness stand alone. I've got you there as um, an accomplice in this. Yeah. And I think we can take it through uh, the kind of filter of, can we do it at a very high level and can we sustain it? And so then that kind of helps to like, does it align with our values? Can we do it really, really well? And can we sustain that level of execution for the long term. And so now that we are, yeah, unified on that front, it makes it a lot easier when ideas or decisions come through that need to be made that we can, you know, kind of go with that together. Well, cool. well today was a compromise. I did not really think that we were going to film or record today. And you said we were, so I compromised for you. So, so. I'll compromise for you and we can stop at Sonic on the way home. How about that? I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it just for you. Maybe me think it's my idea. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.